You're listening to Wharfside, stories from Portland Harbor's working waterfront. I'm Galen Koch. Today I'm at the International Marine Terminal on West Commercial Street. If you're a Portland resident, you may have noticed a lot more activity underneath the Casco Bay Bridge in the last four years. The crane near the bridge now moves royal blue shipping containers, emblazoned with what has become a familiar logo around town, Aimskip. The Icelandic shipping company made Portland their port of call in 2013. In 2008, just a few years before Aimskip's move to Maine, the International Marine Terminal was in pretty bad shape, and the city of Portland was unable to make the needed investment to revitalize the terminal. We determined that the best use of the facility is to turn it into a dedicated freight facility. That's John Henshaw, the executive director of the Maine Port Authority. In 2009, the Maine Port Authority leased the terminal from the city of Portland on a long-term lease of 33 years. There's a limited amount of waterfront real estate available, especially in the city of Portland. And so to keep this as a working um, waterfront asset was extremely important because it could never be recreated anywhere else in the city. Now that shipping has returned to West Commercial Street, the neighborhood is dominated by sounds of the industry. Reach stackers grab containers and move them around the terminal, making a low, groaning noise. You know, like, I've always called the reach stackers in the terminal uh, dinosaurs, because they're these big things, and they, when they're breaking, they, you know, they, they roll to a stop, and they sound like dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. So we started naming them reach stackosaurus That's Patrick Arnold, president and CEO of Soli DG. At the International Marine Terminal, Soli DG is contracted by Maine Port Authority to manage important aspects of the facility. It's hard to imagine that this expansive yard once appeared abandoned, but improvements and investments were crucial to the revitalization of the port's container business. After being used as a ferry terminal for 30 years, the pier facility, the pier itself, had never been really invested in to handle heavy loads. The main part of the terminal that we would need to use for storing freight was a parking lot with no strength characteristics. So we had to raise a big parking lot up by four feet and reinforce with very, very thick pavement, like 16 inches of pavement. We had to build all new pier that has uh, 1,000 pounds per square foot. There were those sorts of improvements that are fundamental infrastructure improvements that you have to do in order to prepare this to be competitive to, to start working in the open market. After making significant improvements to the terminal, the Maine Port Authority and Soli DG began to meet with Aimskip. The company has been in the United States for 100 years, and for 30 years, before moving operations to Maine, they were based in Norfolk, Virginia. And New England's closer to their home market. These are Scandinavians. They're the high North Atlantic. That's what they want to focus on. So after marketing to them for a year and negotiating, uh, the first ship started in March of 2013 and it's been an incredible relationship. Laris Eastfeld, managing director of Aimskip in the U.S., recalls the decision to come to Maine as not only economic, but cultural. I mean, the first feeling I had when I came here was just after one day, I, I just felt I was back home after being 13 years away from Iceland. The Mainers and the Scandinavians seem to have a similar background in fishing and, and uh, agriculture and hardworking people that have living in harsh circumstances. I think a lot of times when Icelandic companies go into places like Boston or New York or 
some of the larger cities, they kind of get gobbled up. Uh, when you come out of uh, a city of 100,000 people, it's really difficult when you jump into a city of 7 million people. As the relationship with Aimskip grows, the main port authority has built rail lines to connect the terminal with the rest of the country. Here's John Henshaw again. Bringing back that railway connection for the first time in 50 years was important to reestablish those connections and also to provide transportation options for main businesses that want to ship products. The partnership not only connects Portland with the rest of North America, but it also opens up shipping to all of Aimskip's Scandinavian routes in the North Atlantic. The map uh, reaches from the state of 1.3 million in Maine, reaches uh, 330 million people in uh, Europe, and that's another market as big as the U.S. market. So there are plenty of opportunities that people just choose to open their eyes. The relationship with Aimskip is new and exciting for Maine. Shipping in Portland Harbor is a centuries-old industry. Sometimes, in order to look forward, we need to look back into history. As certain industries and fisheries fade on the Portland waterfront, it's difficult to remember that new models and opportunities still emerge. And for Chris Hall, curator of exhibits at the Maine Maritime Museum, the revival of the shipping terminal is important to the state's identity. Just having that port being a port and not just a, be- a pretty place to look at, um, I think, is is so, so important. And, and when the port stops, I mean, our, our, our maritime history stops. In order for Maine businesses to benefit from increased trade with the North Atlantic, the Maine International Trade Center founded a new office in 2014. Dana Eidsness serves as the director of the Maine North Atlantic Development Office, or MONADO. With Aimskip here, we have a connection to the Arctic and the North Atlantic and the near Arctic. And um, for the first time in over 40 years, we have direct liner service to get our goods from Maine to these various ports of call. And you can now get a container from Portland, Maine to Tromsø, Norway, which is about 217 degrees above the Arctic Circle for about the same price as you could put a container on a truck and take it to Delaware. Development offices like Minato are crucial to the survival and reinvention of a working waterfront. Innovation and expansion are key. Dana focuses on connecting emerging businesses to trade and investment opportunities with the North Atlantic. Maine has a long maritime history, and I think it always has been. And there was a, a lull in shipping for a bit, but, um, but that's back. I think it's here to stay, and I think it's uh, a major part of our identity. It's, um, you know, it's, again, it's a visual connection for people to understand that uh, we're connected to markets just across the water. You know, these new connections through Aimskip are, are a tremendous opportunity for us now, um, not only to move our goods, but also to, you know, get to know the communities and the people that we're, we're shipping our goods to. Aimskip's arrival in Portland has encouraged Maine businesses to shift their gaze northward. And Patrick Arnold of Soli DG hopes that this shift will connect Mainers once again with the possibilities that a working harbor has to offer. We've distanced ourselves from the coastline that we used to see as connecting us to the world. That was the superhighway of the past. A lot, a lot of what we need for the working waterfront to work again is traditional in nature, is traditional activities that our fathers and mothers and forefathers and foremothers did prior. But the mindset 
is everything but traditional. In order for there to be this vibrant, sustainable future for the state of Maine as it relates to the working waterfront and its coastline, that it's our perspective that has to be radical. The things people are doing, very traditional in nature. That doesn't need to change a whole heck of a lot. But our perspective, radically different. Wharfside, Stories from Portland Harbor's Working Waterfront, is funded by the Waterfront Alliance and Casco Bay Estuary Partnership. Thanks for listening.